A lot of you already know my obsession with music. I have this thing where regular pop culture music, it's it's okay, right? But every now and then, something that is popular will catch my attention, not for the reason you think. It's it's more of a it's more of a deep dive. More of there's more that meets the eye, and I want to get into it further. Welcome back to the Meatweed Podcast, where lately I've been talking a lot about art. And quite frankly, uh, I understand that a lot of people haven't been, I mean, they've been listening, don't get me wrong. It's not that. It's just, I haven't done a deep dive in a while. And I finally found one that I absolutely want to hear. You know what I mean? Like something that's exciting to me, something that I really want to hear. Or at the very least, something that I really want to bring forth. Something that I want to come clean and admit that I've been studying. And you know what? Let's just jump into it. Anyway. It is thrilling to me to get back on the saddle, you know, to do a deep dive on something that I'm really passionate about, something that I wanted to bring up for the longest time. But before I did, I wanted to be sure that I researched enough. Truth be told, uh, it was the October month that really threw me off. What I had, right, is that I had this thing where I was studying a lot for the Morbid Universe podcast, which, by the way, did pay off, like... A lot of people are listening to Morbid Universe. Thank you, by the way. I really appreciate the how warm it was received. But I also noticed that I've, I've just been talking about my art pieces for the longest time here in the podcast. So a few are going to go up for sale later, but I still got to set that up. And also, I haven't been giving Magic Mind enough credit. So if you guys want, um, you know, 20% off, link in the description. Please check them out. Like, actually check them out and buy stuff because every time you do, it helps out the podcast and it makes us look good. Anyway, moving on to this topic. There's been a song that I've been obsessed with. It's one of those again. But this thing, the thing is, right, this song for the longest time has eluded me because here, here's the thing about me. You guys already know that when it comes to lyrics, I don't just see them as words, you know? as Some songs will be like, yeah, you know, sex bitches money whatever you know stuff that rhymes and sounds good to say some stuff that people won't really think twice about and then every now and then there are lyrics that sound a little more like a confession you know you'll hear it and you'll think oh this sounds like a confession of a murder and you look into it and maybe it is maybe it's not you don't know and then there's some that are very cryptic and you have to do research on which is exactly what i'm talking about today what what song though? What song did I pick? Well, it's not a song that I picked. I, I'd say it picked me. I'd say it's something that I heard. And it this thing has been brewing for a while. I know it as the song In the Pines, but a lot of people know it as Where Did You Sleep Last Night? In fact, if you look up both, you'll get the same song by the, the singer Lead Belly, who was born um who made the song way, you know, a long time ago. It's 1920s, I believe. The thing is, right, it was made famous more recently. I'm talking about like 90s, you know, when Kurt Cobain uh, sang it. In fact, it was something that he made very famous because he, he was a fan of Lead Belly. But he sang the song, you know, Where Did You Sleep Last Night? in his own way, in his own very unique tw- taste. 
many people realize that it was the last song he ever sang before he committed suicide. The thing is, there's no origin. Lead Belly is as far back as you can go, sure. But the thing is, if you look into the song, you keep going. Like, it got to the point where I was I was so desperate, I went on Wikipedia and started clicking on the, the source links. It just keeps going back and further and further and further, and there's different iterations of the song. And it got me so curious, because I thought, this is a rabbit hole that very few have gone down. Very few. I looked it up on YouTube, and you know what? There are no videos on this. That's how deep this rabbit hole is. It's so deep, it's undisturbed. At least not by the YouTube audience. Not, not, it's not a mainstream thing, okay? This is something that very few people really cared to look deeper into. It's because at the time, Nirvana's singer, you know, Kurt Cobain, he sang it and he said it was a cover. But that's as far as it went. And then people were distracted by, you know, oh, he committed suicide or, oh, he was murdered. That got in the way. But it should have shined a limelight onto the song, Where Did You Sleep Last Night? Because the thing is, it goes back so far to Lead Belly. And before that, it goes into word of mouth. This is a song that goes back, dating back into Appalachia. You know, it just keeps going. At that point, it wasn't written down. It was word of mouth. And there are a variety of versions of the song. There's about four different, if I remember correctly. I'm looking into it still. But my research has brought up that this song isn't written down. It's entirely word of mouth. A tradition that is not... It's just not common in the modern day anymore. But... At the same time, when it was passed by word of mouth, it was also not common. This is cryptic upon cryptic. This isn't even cryptic. This is arcane. And of course that got me interested. Of course that made me, that piqued my interest, you know? So I also decided to look into the lyrics themselves to see what they tell me. We have songs like um, lyrics that go, My girl, my girl, don't lie to me. Tell me, where did you sleep last night? In the pines, in the pines, where the sun don't ever shine. And then the, the lyrics at some point go off saying, My husband was a hard-working man, killed a mile and a half from here. His head was found in a driver wheel, and his body was never found. The thing is, right, this is where I got it incorrect. I, I'll admit one thing. I was doing my own research, and before I came on the podcast, I had written some stuff down, and I had actually discussed things with uh, my girlfriend. And... I was incorrect by one of my assumptions. And one of the assumptions was that this was a confession of a wife who murdered her husband. But in truth, it's, it's even sadder. There's still mentions of death, sure. One, the decapitation. That we can clarify. The decapitation of a man. But who is this man? Well, a hardworking man has a wife. There's no mention of kids. But it's a wife who lost her husband. But a driver wheel, see, that's where I got it incorrect, too. A driver wheel is not, it's not, you know, the steering wheel of a car. I was under the assumption that that's what it was. But in reality, a driver wheel is a part of a train. So it's a husband who died in a train accident. That's the thing, though. His body had never been found. And here's what I pieced together. Just from what I'm seeing in the lyrics... And this is assumption, okay? I could be incredibly wrong, or I could be looking way too deep into something that's just face value. My assumption is the wife went into the woods in search of her husband's body in order to give him a proper burial, which is a big deal to a lot of cultures. 
and she was unable to find it. So in her search, she fell asleep in the woods because she had no choice. That's what that's what the point is, right? If you know anything about Appalachia, you know one thing. You do not fucking stay in the woods. Absolutely not. I make that very clear. There's a reason that in Appalachian Mountains, they say some stuff happens there that you will never see. Some animals that science have never discovered. Something about those mountains brings out the best and the worst in people. I don't know how to explain it, but there's a rich, absolutely rich, diverse history in the Appalachian Mountains. Recently, I've also been looking into that as well, but that's an entire different can of worms. Although, in this case, you know, it's very, it's very similar. They're shoulder to shoulder, is what I'm saying. In my research, of course, when I was mentioning what I just mentioned, this was me looking into Lead Belly's specific song. Lead Belly's version of it, In the Pines. Or, uh, Where Did You Sleep Last Night? The thing is, right, looking into it further, there are four or three versions of the song, as mentioned before. But the thing is, they also go by different names. There's In the Pines, Where Did You Sleep Last Night, My Girl, Hey Girl, excuse me, and Black Girl. All of these are traditional American folk songs, right? But the thing is, the furthest back that they've been able to find is at least the 1870s. That's a lot of history. That is a big chunk of history right there, okay? And of course... Around the time, it was word of mouth where it spread. So, traditionally, you would hear it from someone who would hear it from someone who would hear it from someone. You know, a game of telephone. And, unfortunately, that's the problem there. Games of telephone notoriously have been the reason for people mishearing things. Or, you know, things of the like. The reason I'm mentioning this is because I actually heard two of them, right? I heard two versions. And today I heard the second version. Originally, I was obsessed with Lead Belly's version of... um. Where Did You Sleep Last Night? And then I heard Bill Monroe's, which both of them mention, one, they mention a train, two, they mention a woman, and three, they mention some sort of falling out. The difference is, Lead Bellies has this, this view from the woman's perspective. But the other one, the other version that I heard, which was Bill Monroe's, his sounds more like the male's perspective, which is actually very interesting, right? Now, I already read, I already read a bit of um, a bit of Lead Belly's perspective on the song, a bit of his version, and let's read the other one. I think it'd be best to just read it like the whole thing, which there's not a lot of lyrics to it, but it's enough for me to look at it and go, "There's probably something there. There's some sort of connection." Okay, the longest train I ever saw went down that Georgia line. The engine passed at six o'clock, and the cab passed by at nine. In the pines in the pines where the sun never shines, and shivers when the cold wind blows. I asked my captain for the time of day, he said he throwed his watch away. In the pines in the pines where the sun never shines, and shivers when the cold wind blows. Now pay attention to this part. Little girl, little girl, what have I done that makes you treat me so? You caused me to weep, you caused me to mourn, you caused me to leave my home. In the pines in the pines where the sun never shines, and we shiver where the cold wind blows. That was Bill Monroe's version, okay? Now let's hear Lead Bellies. Again, this is Lead Bellies right here. My girl, my girl, don't lie to me. Tell me, where did you sleep last night? In the pines, in the pines, where the sun don't ever shine, I would shiver the whole night through. My girl, my girl, where did you go? I'm going where the cold wind blows. In the pines, in the pines, where the sun don't ever shine, I would shiver the whole night through. My girl, my girl, don't lie to me. 
Tell me, where did you sleep last night? In the pines, in the pines, where the sun don't ever shine, I would shiver the whole night through. What happened down there? My husband was a hard-working man, killed a mile and a half from here. His head was found in a driving wheel, and his body never was found. My girl, my girl, don't you lie to me. Tell me, where did you sleep last night? In the pines, in the pines, where the sun don't ever shine, I would shiver the whole night through. Now, those two sound like they have something to do with each other, right? One sounds like one perspective, one sounds like another, both of which have to do with this thing that happened back then, you know, preferably around earlier than the 1870s. You see why this is such a difficult thing to piece together. If this really did happen and something gruesome happened in the Appalachian Mountains, will will I ever discover it? Probably not. This is most likely a mystery to time. Or even more likely, this is just a nice story, you know, because some people make music and they say a story to it, you know. But the reason that this brought up so much interest in me is because, honestly, my, my older brother loves Nirvana, you know, like back in the day, he would listen to it a lot. And it also does help that Kurt Cobain's Swan Song, which is a song that you sing before you die, was that. It was this song. Why did he pick this song? I don't know. But... It brought interest, that's for sure. It's absolutely for sure. It's just, Lead Belly's really stuck out to me, you know? I was listening to it because YouTube's algorithm finally recommends some stuff that I like. Because the thing is, YouTube wasn't the best. The algorithm wasn't really hitting. But things are finally getting me, right? Specifically, what I'm referring to is music with an interesting history. And I guess it finally dangled these keys in front of me. Like, hey, you should check this out. I'm glad I did, because honestly, I'm still digging this rabbit hole, and I can't find the end of it. So, we have, let's write down some stuff, okay? I'm actually getting a pen and paper, maybe doing some research on my own. I guess before I do a deep dive, let me tell you another thing that I was able to, um, that I was able to bring up. One thing that initially started my obsession with, history through music. You guys gotta understand one thing. This has never been something new, okay? This has always been a thing. Humans want to put history in their pop culture in some way, shape, or form. Like, for example, um, we have Orville Rettenbacher to thank for the introduction of popcorn in movie theaters. No one ever thinks of that, right? But yeah, the reason we have popcorn in movie theaters is because Orville Rettenbacher, you know, the OG. That's the original one. Now you know that. I have no idea what that has to do with music, but it's just something I saw recently. I thought it was interesting. But what was something that directly is, you know, related to what I'm talking about is the epic of guilt. Wow, I'm going to burp bad. I had to pause the recording for that. I'm so sorry. Um, The epic of Gilgamesh. The, the one on YouTube you can find. The epic of Gilgamesh in Sumerian. Why is it so interesting to me? Well, because in the beginning, almost immediately, right? Keep in mind, this is the one of the oldest, if not the oldest, recorded songs in history. When I say recorded, I don't mean recorded as in with um, audio, you know? I mean written down. The reason it's so interesting to me is because this oldest song in recorded history starts with, in those ancient days. My brother in Christ, you are the ancient days. But no, apparently it goes back further. How far back? I don't know. Maybe cavemen still existed when this song was recorded. No one can really pin it down, but they know that if they're talking about the epic of Gilgamesh, most likely it's older than Jesus. Wow, that's just... Okay, my bad. Um, I might cut this out of the recording. I don't know what did that, but I guess a bird flew into my door. 
Wow, that's loud. Okay, hang on. I, I don't know why I paused the recording for that. That was funny, but embarrassing. Um, I mentioned earlier how I have a bunch of dogs now. They, they found a fun game, which really distracts me. They know I'm in here, so they threw each other at the fucking door. Anyway, let's, let's move on to music history. Yay. Yeah, uh, the Epic of Gilgamesh, right? They start with that term, you know, in those ancient days. And if you look up the history of the Epic of Gilgamesh, it has a lot to do and a lot of, um, a lot of cross-references to the Bible, which I found interesting, right? That's, that, that's the kind of stuff that I'm talking about, right? That interests me, okay? Because there have even been songs recently, like Murder on My Mind. That song was a, confe- a confession, right? Like, you guys remember that. I know a lot of you do, and if you don't, if you don't know, that's another rabbit hole on its own. But it is interesting because there was a rapper who made that song, "Murder on My Mind." I forget his name. It was a SoundCloud rapper by the name of YNW Melly. I, I really don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. I, maybe it's Young Melly. I don't know. But it was a song, "Murder on My Mind." You guys remember that, right? Here's what people probably don't know. A little bit of context for that as well. Since we're on the topic, we might as well go a little deep dive. The song was originally uploaded on SoundCloud on March 4th, 2017. Interestingly enough, that's just a few days before my 20th birthday. <laughs> and and the trial's still going, by the way. Keep in mind, this song was a confession. Okay? The, the thing is, upon the upload, no one knew it was a confession. Not until 2019. See? Later, it was, a, it was basically his breakout hit. A lot of people absolutely loved it. The problem was, uh, it, it, changed, it definitely changed meaning on February 13th, 2019. The thing is, he turned himself in. It was a confession, and he waited two years, you know, he waited a few, okay, two years. He waited two years, and then he turned himself in. But, like, that, that's, that's an example, you know, right there. That definitely made history, because the man confessed to his murder. A double murder, keep in mind. And for me, a lot of the times, yeah, you have to separate, you know, the art from the artist sometimes. Because I, I like the song, okay? But the thing is, at the same time, there's, there's been another dispute. Sometimes people don't, people don't want to think about this, right? When it comes to rap, there's a lot of people that go, yeah, I shot him, I did this, I did that. doesn't exactly mean it's a confession. But the problem is, as be- because of this, because of this reason, because of what Melly did, a lot of people, a lot of lawyers and a lot of court cases are being brought up with rappers that have said stuff like this. The problem is, a rap song is a, it's a song, you know? It's freedom of speech, but you shouldn't be held liable because of it. That, that's an entire other can of worms. Um, Anthony Fantano did a video on it. Honestly, watch it. It's very good. Okay, let's read some of, um, some of the lyrics for Murder on My Mind, you know? Because it, it definitely sounds like a confession. When it first came out, I heard it and I thought, it, it sounds a little too like detailed. You know what I mean? All right, here's an example. Here's a chorus. Yellow tape around his body. It's a fucking homicide. His face is on a t-shirt and his family's traumatized. I didn't even mean to shoot him. He just caught me by surprise. I reloaded my pistol, cocked it back, and shot him twice. His body dropped down to the floor. He got teardrops in his eyes. He grabbed me by my hands and said he was afraid to die. I told him, it's too late, my friend. It's time to say goodbye. And he died inside my arms, blood all on my shirt. I, I mean, that sounds very, very detailed, like a very detailed account of what happened, right? It could be, but at the same time, think of it this way. When it comes to rap, th- there's a certain debonair, you know, with certain musicians, they have to be tough. They have to appear like things don't bother them. 
this to me feels like a confession because somebody deep down was really feeling it. You know what I mean? Like that hurts internally. That really does hurt because a lot of people have said that, you know, it slowly eats away at you. Like, and that seems like an example to me. I don't know about you guys, but to me, that seems like a valid example. Anyway, what were we talking about? Right. Music and history, what they have to do with each other. Okay. I have another thing to add. There are some bands that don't really get famous. They're not into, they're not really pop culture, but they do get recorded. You know, the thing about these big bands, anyone who signs up with a record label or anyone who makes a song, there is a recording of the song. Sometimes what, what goes on, right, is there's an inspiration for that song. That's what I'm obsessed with. For me, it's like whatever happened in history, it's either a big significant thing, like like that song, Where Were You When The World Stopped Turning? That song's about 9-11. Everyone loved that song when it came out. Because, yeah, absolutely. Everyone was really emotional at the time. And it really did hit. But there are other songs that, for me, they hit personally. But they weren't really famous, right? There's that song, Prayer To God by Shellac. That song, to me, it's it hits hard. Not because of the lyrics or anything. But because of how he sang them. It's clear to me that the singer was going through a breakup, a very, very bad one. Like, the way he sings, and the way he sings in the song, and the lyrics, right, both of them, tells me that whatever happened at this point in history, he was so angry that at some point he was yelling for, her, for his ex to die, right? Screaming. Straight up, the lyrics is, him just fucking kill him, I don't care if it hurts. Yes, I do, I want it to. Fucking kill him, but first make him cry like a woman. And, like, that's just a small snippet, Right? The song goes on like that. It goes on saying, I wish, basically saying, I wish for her to die, like, um, painlessly, but for him, I want him to suffer. And the song, the way he sings it, he doesn't really sing it as much as he says it. It's a declaration. It's like he's asking God, if you're real, do this for me. I want him to suffer. That's a lot of emotion right there. For an artist to show his soft by underbelly and do stuff like this, and say, this is how I'm feeling, I'm going to show the world, it's going to be in my art. That is what I'm interested in. There's a lot of examples like that. There's a lot that, yes, they did make history, and there's others that just didn't. This is an example of one that did it. Shellac isn't very popular. If you've never heard of them, I don't blame you. Not many people have heard of them. Because honestly, some of their songs are just okay, I'm not going to lie. Like, they're decent. They're, they would count as, like, noise rock, I guess? I, I don't know. Another really good one that does get to me, this one was pretty popular, right? Was IZ's song Hawaii 78, which he made in, you know, 1978. The song is powerful to me because IZ is a native to Hawaii. And what IZ points out is the difference between traditional Hawaii and what America did to it. Here, let me read the lyrics so you get exactly, you, you get a feeling for it. I'll be the bigger man and admit that when I first heard this song, I took a moment and I, I played it over again. It was one of those songs that I, I heard. You, you, I highly recommend you hear this song. It's called Hawaii 78 by IZ. And here's, here's the lyrics. Let me just read it for you so you get a good idea. I'm not going to... I'm not going to read the whole thing, even though I could, but I, it's because I, I really want you guys to hear the song, okay? All right. Let's see here. I'm going to read the first few lyrics. If just for a day our king and queen would visit all the islands and saw everything, 
How would they feel about the changes of our land? Could you just imagine if they were around and saw highways on their sacred grounds? How would they feel about this modern city life? Tears would come from each other's eyes as they would stop to realize that our people are in great, great danger now. How would they feel? Could their smiles be content then cry? Cry for the gods, cry for the people, cry for the land that was taken away, and then yet you'll find Hawaii. Like, that hits hard. That is art. You know, that for me, I, I, I have chills reading that because I was just hearing the song and I, I, you better fucking listen to it. I'm not asking. You get your goddamn playlist and you play Hawaii 78 by Israel Kamakawiwole. I, I cannot pronounce his, his name right. If I pronounce his name incorrectly, I do apologize. That's why people call him IZ. He's got a big name. Damn. That song, uh, that song made, me, made me miss Hawaii. We were on the island IZ was buried on. We didn't see his, um, where he was buried at. It was very far north in the island. But rest in peace, IZ. He actually died the year I was born, so... You know, I would have never met him. But still, when it comes to music, it's very important to read the lyrics and actually get a deeper feeling for it. Some songs are just, you know, they, they hit hard, right? But their lyrics will be different. Some of them will have deeper lyrics, but sometimes it, it's not because the lyrics are deep. It's because they tell an enticing story. There's another song that I like. I, it's, it's not in English. It's kind of hard to... To hear it right or it's kind of hard to understand it but at the same time if you look up the lyrics in english you get a really sad song it's called leichter kalter by edwin rosen let me spell it out so you guys hear it it's a bop when you hear the song you want to dance but like then you read the lyrics and think i, I don't want to dance no more it's l-e-i-c-h-t-e-r slash k-a with two dots over it l-t-e-r it's it's good. I would, I would read the lyrics. In this case, I'm not going to read the lyrics for you, okay? Because it, it's just... When you read the lyrics, hear the song first without lyrics and then read the lyrics. Because then it's like, oh, that completely changes things. It, it's just like when people were really excited hearing pumped up kicks and then they read the lyrics and thought, oh, okay. You know? It hits different when you hear the song and you realize, this is a bop. And then you read the lyrics and think, this is uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> so some people some people dance to the most fucked up music and, and and they don't realize you know that's why um i i had this thing too when i was younger i would do that all the time a lot of my music was like that where i would listen to i would listen to music that had a really good beat but really sad lyrics the thing is i i still do that okay but the difference is i look up the lyrics now to make sure i'm not listening to some weird shit I always am, so that doesn't work. Oh my god, my stomach is killing me. You can probably hear me rumbling right now. But yeah, when it comes to music, there is a lot there's a lot more than just listening to it, you know? Sometimes the artist is trying to tell a story. Sometimes the artist is putting their heart in their sleeve. It is up to you to listen, you know? And sometimes the true meaning of a song is lost to history. Will we ever find the song's lyrics again? Will we ever find the original meaning? Probably not. And that's the sad truth. I find it important to preserve history by ways of any means necessary. So the thing is, I'm, I might work forever to find the true meaning of In the Pines. Will I? I will most likely fail in my endeavor because some things are just lost to history, okay? 
some things are absolutely well preserved and, and they will be for a long time and other things just aren't. And that's the sad truth about him. A lot of the times we can't do anything about it even though we really try. Like, I mean, we really try. But that's not always the case. Anyway, that's going to do it for this episode of the Meatweed Podcast. However, if I have any updates on the song, if I find any different versions of it, if I listen to everything and I piece together some sort of story, I'm going to go ahead and give you guys an update. In fact, I'm just going to do that, you know, okay? So next time, next time that you guys hear a song, look at the lyrics, and if it sounds like there's a bit more to it, look into it. You might be surprised by what you find. There's a lot of rabbit holes, some of them more shallow than others, but all of them enticing, all of them interesting. Remember, artists are people too. Musicians are people too. Sometimes when they're telling you something, listen a little closer. I feel like a lot of artists, you know, a lot of them, things would have been different in their life had we just listened. And for others, that's exactly what happened. You know, people listened and they thought, hey, this is a cry for help. Let's make sure they're okay. And for others, it's just weird. You know, I mean, sometimes it's just fucking weird shit. Like, like Ramstein with their, their animatronic giant baby in their giant penis cannon. What the hell was that, Ramstein? I don't think I forgot, okay? Ramstein had a live show where the singer Till Linderman walked behind a giant penis and shot it into the crowd. I'm not joking. <laughs> don't look it up, though. Um... I, I I saw it on YouTube, but at the same time, it's it's a very realistic-looking giant penis. It's, I don't know. I'm kind of glad I didn't go to the shows anymore. The last thing I want to do is get jizzed on. That'd be fucking weird. <laughs> That's going to do it for this episode. I don't want to add any more to it, all right? I'll see you guys next week. Happy Thanksgiving. I know a lot of you are going to celebrate that. Anyways, oh, Black Friday, too. Don't forget those sales. Don't forget those sales. Also, Cyber Monday's coming up, okay? Don't forget. Also, the title was thought up of by my girlfriend. Thank you, honey. And uh, I'm making cheese, so I'm going to be busy. See you guys.